and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. In today's episode, I'm interviewing Marietta Miller. She is a certified freedom life coach who is passionate about living free and inspiring others to choose a life of freedom by encountering Jesus in a more intimate way. Freedom coaching is a heart-centered approach that assists people in identifying and handling root issues. This process allows us to experience freedom as we embrace core healing and real transformation in the presence of Jesus rather than simple behavior modification. Marietta became a freedom life coach after she experienced true transformation and healing from the inside and out. When I heard her story, I was blown away and I hope you are too. So let's get into the episode. Welcome, Marietta, to the podcast. I'm so excited to be here, Denise. I know, me too. So for those of you who don't know, Marietta and I have known each other for several, several years. She is an ItWorks distributor, a fellow teammate. But over the past month, I've gotten to really hear in a bit more detail her story and her heart. And as soon as I did, I knew I had to interview her. So Marietta, why don't you start by just sharing, you recently just told me that the party we did back in 2015, where we had everybody come dressed up like who they wanted to be in 2025, we called it our come as you will be party, was a pivotal moment for you. Tell us why. Well, yes, I love it. So when, when you were up there and you had some of us share one thing that we wanted to do, be or do in 2025, and I remember you said you wanted to do a TED Talk. And I had watched you, you know, over the last seven years, just grow into this amazing human being that God created you to be. And so when you said that, I just said, well, I just want to be interviewed by Denise Walsh. And so I put it on my dream board that I want to be interviewed by you, not knowing that you were even going to have a podcast in three years. So three years later, here we are. I know. Dream board. Check. Woohoo. I love it. <laughs> well, your story, the beginning of your spiritual journey certainly starts when you were a child. I know that you were born into a Christian family and had some experiences, but more recently, you were in a car accident. Tell us about the brain injury and like, tell us a bit about your life before that and how did that transform things? Yes. So in, in 2015, March, which is funny that that also happened in 2015, the same year as the 2025 party did. But in March of 2015, I was you know on track to be super successful. I was doing well with my business. Life was going good. And then I uh, was T-boned and had a really bad car accident and ended up having uh, a brain injury that really just took my mind, uh, took, took, kind of took my brain out of, out of gear. And I feel like when that happened, I felt like my life had ended. I felt like everything I knew came to a standstill. And that's when I heard the audible voice of God say, you don't need your brain to flow in the spirit. And that changed everything. And I realized that I had really been living a lot of, I had been, you know, doing things, doing things, doing things, striving, doing, trying to be successful, doing all these things and asking God to bless it rather than asking God what he had already blessed that he would like me to put my hand to. And so that changed everything at that point for me. So what type of physical limitations did you have with your brain injury? How did it impact your life? And then how did you start healing? 
I had a lot of uh, dizziness and headaches and I felt like I should walk around with my head tilted to the side because my equilibrium was off. I couldn't be on the phone for longer than a few minutes. I couldn't like be on the computer screen. I would get dizzy and I would fall asleep. I couldn't fly. I couldn't travel. I couldn't drive. There was just so many things that everything I did to do my business just was, was I couldn't do it. And so it really changed everything. And I got to the point where I really was like, um, like I really felt like my life had come to an end, you know? And so it, it was, it was a complete paradigm shift to understand that we truly are spirit beings first and human beings second, and that our spirit never can get taken out in a brain injury. So, okay. You had, you were T-boned basically life as you know, it is over yet you in the midst of like your lowest low, you hear the voice of God. And it sounds like that voice shifted everything for you. It did. And you know, what's so crazy is all I, all I had left to do was if I was looking at my circumstances, you know, I also got divorced that year, moved cross country that year, was going through a whole house remodel. And so everything, all of my circumstances, if I looked at all of those, I would have just gotten derailed. And I remembered the, the, I remembered the verse and this is crazy because I've read the Bible a lot. And sometimes when we, we don't even understand how important it is when we read scriptures and we read books, those things are in us. Those things can't be taken away from us. Even when our brain is injured, those things are still in our spirit. They're still inside of us. And so I remember the story about when Jesus and the disciples were on the boat and there was a storm going on. I remember that they went to find Jesus and Jesus was asleep in the bottom of the boat while the storm was raging. And the disciples were like, how can you be sleeping, dude? It, or don't you see we're going to get shipwrecked here? And he's just like, you know, that's not my battle. Just peace be still. And he just spoke to the storm. And so there was a song that at that time it was called Just Be Held by Casting Crowns. And it said, you know, if you're if you keep your eyes on the storm, you'll wonder if I ever loved you. But if you look, if you but if you keep your eyes on the cross, you know, I always have and always will. And so I really learned that year to just keep my eyes on Jesus and, and take a take a nap, take a nap in the boat and just not look at the at the storm because I couldn't I physically, mentally, emotionally couldn't deal with what was going on around me. And I really learned that that is so it, it's so transient, like it just it's so movable and it's so it's so not really our reality. It's just our current situation and our current reality is really what's going on in our minds and in our hearts and, in, and you know inside of us in our spirits, that's what's really real. And that became so clear to me that year. Wow. Okay. So lots of life is happening, but throughout that you learn to have a peaceful spirit. Tell us a bit more about the healing journey over the next few years. Yes. So that's what I started to say earlier. And I got on a little bit on of a tangent, but that's when spending so much time with Jesus, like literally truly understanding that God is an experiential God and he wants a relationship with us. Like we wouldn't want to get married to someone or have a friend that would never want to spend time with us or would just talk to us and never let us talk to them. And so understanding that it's a relationship back and forth where he wants, we get to talk to him any all time, anything we want, but he also wants to talk to us and just learning to sit at his feet and hear what he has to say, like getting heaven's perspective on things. And you don't need your brain or your mind to hear him. And so it, when you hear him through your spirit, but then um, it, th- at that point, he, I was, you know, banging on heaven's door, believing for my healing. I said, you know, God, you're bigger than this. You're going to heal me and it's going to be a miracle. And so for 13 months, I would pace, I would live by a river and I would pace down there by the river. And that's where I heard the voice of God. And, you know, where the spirit of God once is, it can't be removed. So it's like hallowed ground down there. And I would walk and pace and talk and listen to God and, and hear what he has to say. And one day he said, you're, I'm going to heal you in L.A., And I thought, I don't know anybody in LA. Why would you say that? It just didn't make sense in my mind, you know, 
but I believed it. I, I just kept saying, I'm going to get healed in LA. And so, um, one of my prayer partners, I didn't tell anyone that one of my prayer partners from Florida called me one day and she goes, do you want to go to the Azusa, um, Azusa now revival in, in, in April? And I said, this was in like January, February, right after I'd heard that. And I said, it's, and I immediately knew that I knew that I knew that that was where I was going to get healed. And I just said, it's in LA, isn't it? She goes, how did you know? And I'm like, I have no idea. I didn't know this thing existed, but yes, I'll go. And I couldn't fly yet at that time. And then I find out it's one of our, it's Grand Rapids boot camp that same weekend. And I was like, oh dear God, like my whole team's going, I have to go to that. So my mind immediately started to, to try to take over. And then I, re- I remember hearing the still small voice of God, I'm going to heal you in LA. And I was like, my healing is more important than my business at this point. I will go. And I said, God, if, it, if this is, if this is it, then I'm going to need your grace to fly because that was, you know, flying was one of the things I couldn't do. And so I literally had just such a grace to fly out there. And, um, it was, I did, I just was went expecting and, you know, even loud music or any, any noise just was crazy for me. It just made my ears ring and I couldn't deal. And I was, I knew this, there was going to be like music and bands. There was a hundred thousand people in that place. And I knew it was going to be super loud, but I was expecting and I knew, and I woke up, God woke me up really early that morning and asked me, what are you willing to leave with me? And I was like, what do you mean? I want to get, I want my brain healed. Like that was, I had one single focus and that was getting my brain healed. And he said, how much are you willing to leave here? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, whatever you're willing to leave here, I'll heal. And I was like, oh my God, yes, there's so much more to heal than just my brain. So literally when the healing happened, um, probably about two or three hours into the first day, uh, that was when the healing happened. And I can go into more detail if you want me to, but, but he healed me of so many other things before. The brain was the last thing that he healed. And I was just healed of so many things just supernaturally. It was absolutely incredible. Okay. So I'm hearing a few things. First of all, for 13 months, this wasn't just a once over. It was for 13 months, you believed that you were going to be healed. And instead of focusing on the mountain, the injury, what you can't do, you were like so focused on the healing aspect. Like you wanted to be, you claimed a victory. You talked about it like it was already happening, even though you didn't see it in current reality quite yet. And so in that space, you were spending time with Jesus, which I think is huge because a lot of us don't create that time. You know what I mean? Like we say it, we want to, we may say a quick prayer at dinner or do our devotional, but it sounds like you were spending deep time, not just praying and speaking healing and asking for those things, but also with listening. Can you tell us a little bit more about that time where you, like the, the 13 months of of wrestling, of praying, of meditating, of listening, and how you started to even hear his voice. Yes. Well, there's a part of our brain where we can close our eyes and visualize things that God literally gave us as a way for him to speak. He speaks in many ways. I mean, very rarely do we hear the maybe three times in my life. And it's not, that's very rare, but he speaks to us in so many different ways. But one of the ways, my favorite ways is in that part of our brain where we can close our eyes and we can visualize an elephant and we can see that elephant moving. It's a moving picture. We can see the elephant raising his trunk and then we can visualize the baby elephant coming over next to it. And the, the mama, the mama elephant, you know, moving the playing with the baby with his trunk and we can see them spraying water at each other. We can visualize and it can become a moving picture. We God created that part of our brain 
to be able to speak to us and see those moving pictures. And so I think just, I just opened my, I just really just asked God to show me how am I going to work? How am I going to do life if my brain is not working in the current moment, knowing that my healing is coming, walking, speaking it out. I told everybody, well, God's going to heal me. And the doctors, the doctors and the neurologists and all those people, they, they thought I was totally delusional because I kept saying, I don't want your drugs. God's going to heal me. And they kept saying, you know, I was like, they were like doing this thing, like, oh my God, she's so delusional. Like she's really brain injured, like this poor girl. And I just kept saying it. I didn't really care what they thought of me because I knew that my life was just beginning, not ending. And so it was the hardest 13 months of my life, but it was also some of the best. I think of it as the best of times and the worst of times. But I think just opening my expectation that God wants to talk to me. And I be- if I believe that the Bible is the word of God and I believe that it's true and I believe that those people who wrote it heard from God clear enough to write chapters, God is no different today than he was then. So he wants to speak. He, he created us for his good pleasure. We would never make babies and have kids and then never want to talk to them. It just doesn't make sense. And so I just really started to put some of those things, you know, when your brain, when your, your mind that's been indoctrinated by all these other things gets taken out where you can't think of those things, you start to really understand and go back to childlike faith. You really start to understand the relationship aspect of it. And you just cling to that because you don't have anything else. I would read a book. I, you know, I'm so into personal development and I totally still am. But I'm telling you what, if we start feeding our spirits as much as we would feed our souls, we would start to see a lot more expansion happen. We would start to see a lot more God taking over and us just being the vessel and the mouthpiece. And it's just such a beautiful thing to surrender to that and really submit our minds and understand that our minds are great servants, but they're not great masters. And so just feeding, just feeding our minds um, is not going to get us as much as quickly as feeding our spirit is. And so understanding that God speaks to us in many different ways, but also just being open to that he doesn't do anything by accident and there are no coincidences. So really just learning, it's like learning a new language, any language, um, you, you, it takes time and practice. So just when you have, when you have nothing but time, because you can't work, uh, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to be able to spend that time with him. And that's the only way we get to become like him and see his heart is when we really spend time with him. Yeah. Those 13 months were a part, a huge part of your healing process, not because, you know, the, of course we all would love to be healed and, you know, quote unquote fixed or have the the situation resolved immediately. But those 13 months are where you really grew your connection and you really grew that listening muscle in a sense, like your eyes were opened and you were able to see and experience God in new ways that you never could. So when you did get to LA, I'm so interested in hearing about this event. You were like 110% fully deeply expecting and ready to experience healing. And I don't know that you would have had it any other way. Like you were ready. And I think that's a huge, like something to really notice everybody when you're listening is there's a lot of times we say, oh, if God wants to, he will. But we have an active part in this relationship. And so Marietta wasn't just sitting back and saying, oh, if he wants to heal me, he will. She was like, actively pursuing it. She was pursuing the relationship. She was hearing, she was praying, she was speaking it. She was getting to know him on a deeper level. And then she went with high expectations that this was going to happen. 
she wasn't just sitting back and waiting. She was pursuing God in this situation. So tell us a bit more about that weekend. Um, yes. And what you said is so true. And I think that some, oftentimes I think now if God had healed me the first time I prayed for healing, I mean, I had so many people praying for my healing and laying hands on me and all these things. Like if, like, seriously, I was quoting healing scriptures over myself to the point of like, I have them memorized to so, so deep. Like if they're just a part of me now, which is crazy, but um, I was speaking those scriptures over me. I wouldn't, I just didn't let doubt creep in because I knew that I knew that I knew that God had a plan and a purpose. And that was, that this was the enemy trying to take me out. But if he had healed me that first time, yes, it would have been a miracle, but it would have not had the same impact as it did. And God knows me. He created me. He knows exactly what I need. And he didn't cause the accident, but he will utilize everything and turn it to at Romans eight twenty eight to turn it around to my good. All things work together for the good. And so he knew me and he knew how I learned and he knew I needed that time and he knew that I would and he knew that I was pursuing. And you're absolutely right. When we're hungry, we will we, we will be filled to the depth of which we hunger. And so if we're a little bit hungry, we're going to get a little bit of food. If we're super hungry, we're going to get super food. And I like super food in, in more ways than one. And God's super food is even the best. But so we get there and it's like, an, oh, and a couple months before I had a, had a prophetic word over somebody that didn't know that I know Todd White. And I want to tell Todd White this story one day. Maybe he'll listen to this podcast. But Todd White has been very um, influential in my life. And a couple months before this, it had been prophesied over me that Todd White was going to speak into my life at some point in the future. Now, this person that had heard this, uh, had heard this word for me didn't know that I know Todd, didn't know that I was going to get healed, didn't know that I was going to L.A. And I get to L.A. and I find out that Todd White is going to be there. And I didn't know. Well, actually, I didn't know until he got up to speak. But there was music going on. There was loud music. There was people, all kinds of things. And some things happened before that I won't go into detail because we could be here all day. But uh, it was probably within the second hour of the day. And I made it through all the music. I was just, you know, praising, worshiping. And I just said, I, I felt like I was walking in a bubble because it was just the grace of God to get me through until the, heal the time was perfect for healing. And then Todd White gets up. And the minute he starts speaking, I got lit up. My whole body felt like it was, I was like electrocuted in a good way. And I, my whole body just lit up and he started speaking. And when he started um, like, uh, like imparting his healing, he, he said any, he said, the Bible says um, that, that, that we, that we are healed by his stripes. He started quoting all the scriptures I've been quoting, quoting over myself. And he said, you know, how much do you want? Do you want to, he said, the Bible says, Jesus said, greater things are we to do than he did. And he healed the sick. He healed the blind. And he didn't say to people, you know, if God wills, you'll be healed. He said, no, be healed. And by your faith, you shall be healed. And he was speaking these things. And he's like, how bad do you want it? He's like, if you want to be healed right now, you know, lift your arms high and just receive it. And I put my hands up and all of a sudden it was, it was okay. So this is the total miracle. It was uh, like drizzly that day and gray. And I had my eyes closed and I literally thought the sun came out. I became really warm and all of a sudden I kind of went down. There was, there was all these, you know, ca this cathedral seating seating and I went down and I didn't feel it, but I didn't, and I didn't know this, but the ladies behind me were actually holding my head. And I thought this all happened in five minutes. And they told me later that it was like 35 minutes. I was completely out and there was this hot ball of fire that was making its way all the way through my body and just healing as it was going. And it was an, I was, it was like, God was speaking to me through that ball of fire, healing every part of my body. And I remember thinking at one point, I can't wait for that to get to my brain because I could 
physically feel it doing its job. And I felt hot. Like I thought the sun had suddenly come out and it was super hot. And I was like, I was like on fire and I was, you know, have my eyes closed. And I now know that I was just out in the spirit, but it was like this ball of fire was just making its way through my physical body. And it took, I don't know how long they said I was out for 35 minutes. And when it finally got to my brain, like it's, it was like the lights came on. Like it was like the lights came on, the earring stopped, the, the headache went away. It was the most incredible, amazing experience. And when I, and then all of a sudden I kind of came to, and I was like, I want more of that. And I stood up fully expecting the sun. I opened my eyes, fully expecting the sun to be out. It was gray and I was drenched. And I thought for sure the sun was out. And so I always say this, the SON was shining on me that day. Wow. Okay. Oh my goodness. So Todd White is speaking and he's speaking scripture verses that you know to your core already because of your 13 months of, of claiming this. And within 35 minutes, your brain injury, the effects of the brain injury are completely healed. Yes. And then what was so crazy was I made it through the whole entire, it was a 16 hour day. Like it was crazy. I mean, we were just there. We went early. We stayed late. I stayed till the very last, you know, the very last I met people. I got to go. I don't know. It was just an awesome, amazing day. And I just kept saying, Oh my God, I'm healed. Oh my God, I'm healed. And I remembered the story of the nine, the 10 lepers that were healed. And uh, nine of them immediately start jumping up and down and going, telling everybody else they got healed. And one went back to thank Jesus for their healing. And so the first, I don't even know how first like hour, I just kept saying, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And I could feel it. Like I could feel it. Nobody can tell me God is not real because I know this was real. And this was so real to me. And so, and then I started telling everyone else I'm healed. I just got healed. I just got healed. I just got healed. I just got healed. And I was just so excited, but but even better, what even was even crazier, and this is something important I think for everyone to hear, is that sometimes we lose our healing, and here's why. So five times that day, or no, actually five times that trip before we got home, I was walking along, and all of a sudden, all of the um, symptoms came rushing back, like really fast, really hard, like so hard, so fast that I was like, whoa! It was literally like almost threw me down the first time, and I was like. Oh, no, you don't. Not up in here. I'm like, I just said, thank you, Jesus, for my healing. I said, Satan, you have to take your hands off of me. I'm healed. I'm set free by the, by the blood of Jesus. I claim my healing and immediately it would, it would, I would be free again. I would be you know, healed again. But if I had partnered with fear in that moment and had to, that it could have come back, that there was no ground in me anymore because I had surrendered fully and completely. But that's really what is important. And what I teach people now is that when you fully know that you know that you know that you're healed, don't allow it to be taken from you by partnering with fear again, by saying, if I would have said, oh my God, Misty, the symptoms are back. I'm, in, I'm not healed. In that moment, I would have gone right back. And that's not, we can't blame God for any of that because that is our own partnering with it. I mean, that's just how it works. And so I feel like it's really important to not only receive our healing the first time, but to know that we know that we know that it is done. It is finished. And that we don't have to take it back. Wow. So you have this amazing experience and you continue to claim victory again. again, What I want you guys to hear is that we're claiming victory regardless of what the physical says, because she did have some times where she could have went when the, the dizziness came back and the fear could have swept over. But again, claiming victory, having a hundred percent expectation and then deciding her fo- that her focus was going to be on faith rather 
than fear. I can imagine that when you experience something like that, you want to shout it from the rooftops. You want everybody to know about it. So tell us what you did coming home and and spreading this message. Well, I had told so many people that I was going to LA to get healed and I had to tell so many people that I wasn't going to go to boot camp, right? And so um like people were expecting and there were some people that were excitedly expecting and there were some people that were skeptically not expecting and it was so fun for me because I just I got to tell everyone that I was healed and I didn't tell the story the full story this is like one of the first times I'm telling the full story to like the world because I uh, told bits and pieces of it. And you know, what was crazy is when I came back, even though my brain was healed, there was things that I couldn't do that I could do before. And so I started to ask God instead of freaking out and going, well, I'm clearly not healed because I can't remember all of these things. I started, and that's where I started asking God. And that's where he showed me Dr. Caroline Leaf's book about the brain and rewiring your brain. And then my, my neuro, my, my neuropsychologist told me, Uh, He talked about how the brain, we use such a small part of our brain. And he said, rather than trying to, he said, with the part of your brain that was injured, he's like structurally, because they took another MRI and they said, your your structure, the structure of your brain is completely healed. The functions, however, um, you can still learn to, to utilize those. And he said, rather than trying to re like to, rather than trying to revive what was, what was, what was uh, hurt, let's try to wake up and stimulate and utilize other parts of your brain that you've never done. And so things like learning how to do laundry, learning how to cook, things that I knew from, you know, from a, for a long time, I kind of had to sort of relearn how to do, but it was, it was, I was, I was eager about it now because I knew that the function of my, that the structure of my brain was brand new. It was like I had a brand new brain. And so now I get to choose how I wire it. I get to choose the new, new pathways and the book that Dr. Caroline Leaf about, um, who, who has trained your brain or, or turn on your brain. I don't remember exactly which one. Which he, one. She does write a few. One of them is called who turned off your brain. And then another one is called switch on your brain. Switch on your brain. Thank you. That's the one. And she talks about the pathways that are created in our brains from an, you know, an early age. And here I was, I looked at this as like, I had a fresh, clean slate. And so while it was tough, when you're 42 or 41 years old and you're relearning how to cook when you've cooked since you're 12, that's not really fun, but I was so eager because I was like, I'm going to learn to be efficient now because I'm an adult. And I, I felt like I could just literally create new neural pathways through my brain. And I had such an opportunity to make my brain the way that God had intended it before all this other crap happened. You know, I had many things happening in my childhood and in my growing up years that I didn't want to have repeat in my brain anymore. And so I felt like it was such a, an opportunity to create new neural pathways in my brain. And I, I love it. That's so interesting. So one question, you, but the 13 months where your brain injury symptoms were loud and and pervasive in your life, did you have the ability to create new neural pathways then, or were the symptoms too great where you couldn't really learn how to cook and do laundry and that kind of thing? I'm sure, I'm sure that, um, there was new neural pathways being created, but I feel like I did, I couldn't consciously choose to do that because There was just so much going on that literally all I could do was cry and surrender and say, you know, I just, I can't, I can't do this. And so I, I recognized early on that I'm powerless, which was also, you know, God's, the, the Bible says that in our weakness, his strength is made perfect. And so I just hung to the, clung to that, that, and I, I, but I don't really, I couldn't consciously decide 
to make new neural pathways at that point. Okay. So when you came back and the symptoms, you were relieved of those symptoms, you then had the ability to truly rewire your brain because you did have a clean slate, which meant you were kind of relearning things, but you could do it in a different way. Yeah. And so even like today, even today, like I still have to use GPS to get anywhere I want to go because that part of my brain is still being rewired and restructured. But I look at it at first, sometimes it can be overwhelming. And there's times when I cried and was like, wow, I can't believe I'm relearning how to do all these things at 40. But for the most part, I was like, wow, I have much less uh, chatter, you know, monkey chatter. I, monkey, I used to call it monkey mind. I have much less of that going on up there because it's new. It's made new. It's made whole. It's made, it's, 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 it's awesome. And so now when I learn things, I can learn them to do them the most efficient and, and, and being, even being, um, you know, aware and being present while I'm doing them rather than thinking about everything else that's going on. For those that don't know, Dr. Leaf, can you share one of your favorite parts about that book? Um, well, one of the things that really, when I went to see her speak, she talked about how our, our thoughts have a frequency and she's the fact that she's a scientist and she uses science to prove that scripture is true and scripture to prove that science is true. Like that speaks to me because I really truly believe that nothing can be counterfeited that wasn't created by God himself. And so even science is because of God. And so I love that she brings the two together and she talks about our thoughts creating a tree. We, it's either love or fear. And that when we have fear thoughts, they literally create a tree of fear in our in our brain. And if we have love thoughts, it creates a, a tree of love in our brain. And so we have so much more control over uh, what happens in our life and what our destiny is than what we think we do. Because we think so many times we're just on autopilot with our brains because of things that, that have happened to us in the past that we have learned to have thoughts and beliefs and lives and things that, that we believe are true that aren't simply aren't true. And so those, those types of things, those, um, those patterns or those thinking patterns actually make our decisions for us rather than us. And when we actively choose to bring all of our thoughts, uh, to examine all of our thoughts and under and ask, are this, is this a love thought or is this a fear thought? We literally can change our whole life. So for those that are not necessarily wanting to go through a brain injury, but yet still <laughs> want to develop this type of connection with the Holy Spirit. What are some things that you can share with us that you do with your friends or clients now? Um, yes. So my favorite thing of all to do is just take people to heaven. You know, we're, the Bible says that when we are, uh, when, when, we, when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we become a child of God. And we kind of are reunited with the father that we are citizens of heaven. And so how, how silly is it that we think we have to die to go there? Because if we're citizens of America, we don't think we have to die to go to America. You know, if we would die, we can't go to America. So we have this, this limit as Christians, you know, I don't feel like religion really did ever, ever did anything for me. I, when I, when people talk about religion, I just, I, it makes me a little bit crazy in my mind. Um, but I really believe that it's about relationship and we have turned something that was so beautiful into this box, this box that we call religion. And it's really about following the light. You know, God is the father of lights and he can only have light children. Right. So um, so we really are light beings and we really are spiritual beings. And so if understanding that concept is number one priority and opening our our, our dream space to realize that 
um, that we are bodies last, you know, we are spirit first, soul second, body last. And so many times we live our lives, bodies first, soul second, and spirit third. And our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. And so we're so, we live in our minds so much that we don't let, we don't allow the spirit to become bigger. And so what if we understood that we are spirits first? So just opening that expectation is number one, asking God, just, just going to God and saying, I don't know what to do, but I want to hear you. And then practicing visualization and asking Jesus to show, to talk to you in that space. Um, I really feel like those are just some basic things, but a lot of times people need help even doing those things because they just don't know what to do. And so a lot of times with people, when they come over, like I've done this with one person up with up to, you know, a group of people just all holding hands and praying. And then just by faith saying, you know, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is at hand, which means the kingdom of heaven is as close as our hands to us. And so we can literally step into that because the veil was torn and rent. We can go into the high. We don't have to be a high priest anymore to go into the heavenly heavens into the heavenly uh, uh, realm. And so really just by faith, just just saying, I'm going to step into heaven. And Jesus, will you show me what you want me to see? And it's just amazing what happens. It's just it's absolutely amazing. Um, I think to uh, the freedom and we'll get into that a little bit more, but getting free of, uh, of strongholds and things that open doors and generational things, I think is, is paramount to being able to hear the voice of God more clearly. And that's where freedom coaching comes in. But I think just even as a group, just, or as a, a, an individual, just understanding that when you're doing personal development, feed your spirit first before you feed your mind, because your spirit being is more important and bigger than your mind. So how do you feed your spirit? What does that mean? And number one, understanding that you were spirit first, because we don't understand that concept. So we don't even understand that it needs to be fed. And so anything that anything needs to be fed to, to grow. And so speaking scripture, asking God for scripture, believing that he wants to speak to us. Um, all of those things are feeding our spirit. All of those things are and asking our spirit. I, there's there's this book called Bless Your Spirit that I recommend to everyone. And it's, it's really just a, a short prayer that I do every day. I just say, I bless my spirit to awaken, arise, and line up to Holy Spirit. And I bless my spirit to lead my soul and my body today. And so if you put your spirit in charge rather than your mind and you put your mind in submission to Jesus, like it just starts to look a whole lot different. So it's a practice. It doesn't happen overnight. And sometimes when people come over and they have an amazing experience with Jesus, I say, you know, Eric Gilmore is someone who I like, who I really follow a lot. And he says, Unless the public touch is sealed with a private kiss, it's going to go away. It's going to fade away. And so if you're in a group and you have an amazing experience with God, if you're not willing to go make your own secret place, carve out that time to just sit at the feet of Jesus, even if he doesn't say anything, but just sitting, sitting with him and spent carving out that time in private, you're going to lose the mo It's kind of like when we go to conference, if we don't ever do anything with what we learn, we lose the momentum that we, that we got at a, at, you know, at a training or at a conference. So it's the same way. Like it really has to be sealed with a private kiss and, you know, spending time. We wouldn't think of just spending time with our spouses in public. We want to spend time with them in private and, and our relationship with Jesus is no different. Awesome. And so it sounds too, like it really is closing your eyes and having that, that, that space, like where you said, where you can see the elephant and allow the Holy Spirit to move within that space and not controlling it with our mind or our will or our emotions, but just uh, giving him free reign to speak to us there. 
Absolutely. And I feel like that is the thing is just saying, Jesus, you know, you have your way with me. Like you have your way, Holy Spirit. It's not about me and giving up our agenda. That's the hardest thing as women, especially because we're so used to, uh, you know, multitasking and doing all this stuff and taking care of the kids and the homework and all of these and, 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 and to just be a, a, just to be a Mary instead of a Martha where, you know, when Mary and Martha, when Jesus came to see Mary and Martha, Mary sat at his feet and Martha was like, making pies and feeding everyone. And Jesus said, Mary chose the good part because she valued that time with him and wasn't staying in her busy, in in the busyness of her mind. And so everything happens out of the secret place. Everything happens. We get our commission there. You know, we, we, that's where the work is done. If we could understand that that's where the work is done, we would make time for it because we would understand that the work's never going to happen without that time. And so we're so in we're we're so wired to be backwards. Kingdom kingdom is so opposite of what we think because we think from our minds and our soul and our bodies. And the spirit is so opposite. You know, you give to receive. You spend time in the secret place to learn to get the work done. Like everything is so backwards uh, from the way we think. And so understanding and learning that um, that just just say I want heavenly perspective. Like even. Even repentance to me means getting a penthouse view. Like you get to go up to the penthouse and and see it from that perspective instead of on the first floor where all the junk's happening. So rising above the circumstances, there's just so many things that uh, that we have backwards. But it's very very simple to just simply sit, close our eyes, and say, Jesus, thank you for giving me that brain space where I can see the elephant, and I'm just giving you permission to talk to me now. What do you want to say to me? And just surrendering. It's there's nothing there's nothing better than that. So you've mentioned a few times freedom coaching and and helping others go to heaven and experience some of this transformation themselves. Can you tell us a bit more about what that is? Yes, I got certified as a freedom coach last. I don't remember sometime in this last three years, but I went through my own freedom first, and it's a really a, a process of just basically realigning all the 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 lies and the strongholds that we've taken from our past, from things that have happened in our past, even things that have been handed down generationally from our ancestors and really just realigning those things with the word of God and the truth of God, bringing Jesus into those places. It's nothing like counseling, but it's literally taking that, you know, asking Jesus to show, show us like, okay. So for instance, if somebody comes to me and they say, I just, I just have a procrastination problem. I just feel like I've procrastinated my whole life and I don't know how to get free from it. Then what we do is we just go into, we, you know, we, I just guide them. I, we go into some guided prayer and I just, I just have them repeat after me and I just am spirit led. And I just say, Jesus, will you show this person where they first partnered with procrastination? And literally every single time Jesus will take them back to a time in their childhood or a time even, or, or he'll show them that it was their grandmother, that it was a generationally passed down, that their grandmother and their mother had the same thing. And then he takes you back there and he, you know, there is no time and space in the spirit realm. We man-made time and space, you know, time and space is very movable and, and, and God doesn't care about all that. And so he takes the person back to there and he literally shows them where he was because the Bible says he will never leave us or forsake us. So even during that time when something traumatic might've happened that they believed a lie, like a lot of times something will happen. For instance, maybe they made a wrong decision and their, their uh, dad got really, really mad at them and yelled at them. So they made a decision in that moment that it's never okay to speak their mind or to make a decision. And they made a vow that I'll just never make any decisions again because I can't make the right decision. 
well, that's not really the truth. That's just what happened in that moment. And so when Je- then when you say, Jesus, will you show this person where you were in that moment? And then they can literally see in their mind's eye with their eyes closed, they can see where Jesus was and they can say, what is the truth? What is your truth in this situation? And then he'll show them that the dad was maybe having a bad day. It had nothing to do with them. And they can literally forgive that space and they can unpartner with the things they partnered with that made them become, uh, you know, unable to make a decision. And so now that neural, that neural pathway in their brain can be changed and they literally can then start to make good decisions. Wow. And it's just it's amazing. Like you could go like, and I know you're, you're, you have psychology background, so you can appreciate this. Like literally we could sit in a psychologist's office and try to figure out uh, behavior modification around not procrastinating and making better decisions, which would ultimately work for the short term. But how much better if we can go back and get it at the root, put the, put the blood of Jesus over it, close that door and now be free to make a, a make a decision from a new neural pathway so that we can just it, it, so then then it becomes easy. It's not it's not just striving and hard and having to just do it over and over until it becomes a reality. That's amazing. One example I use is that you could have a car going down a hill with the emergency breakup and you can either try to push the gas harder. Right. So the car can go faster or you can release the brake yes. and with no to li- like with little to no mo- increased effort you will start to go faster and it sounds like this that is exactly what this freedom coaching is helping people to do so for those who are listening it sounds like and, and you can let me know if this is off track or on track or, or whatever but it sounds like if you if you've got a pervasive issue or something that keeps popping up for you what Marianne is suggesting is to close your eyes and to ask the Holy Spirit to show you when you when you partnered with that in your past. Like when did that first marry to either you and your family? And then ask yourself the question, what is truth? Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth to you. And it's in that space that healing can happen. Is that right? That's absolutely right. I feel like a lot of times people do need help with it. Like even when I have a like uh, even when I have an issue, I still call my coach to walk me through it. Just because in that moment, it's really hard because a lot of times you go back to a time when you were maybe three or four or really young, and you and it's almost like in that space you don't really feel like you know what to do. And so it's that's why that's where freedom coach a freedom coach comes in to help you. And our, my job is not to do the work for you, but my job is to lead you through it to do your own work. But then once you've done it a few times with a coach, then you can start to do it for yourself if it's not a huge issue. Um, and so, yes. And then there's also like that that's more of a, of a core freedom. There's also just like a five steps to freedom that I call like a mini freedom session that I love to do with people to just show them that they can uh, get an exchange. They can give they can give give Jesus like it. Let's say they're they have fear. They're struggling with fear. And I can say, are you ready to give that to Jesus? And they can say yes. And they can close their eyes and visualize giving that fear over to Jesus and then asking Jesus, what do you want to give me in exchange? And if we listen and close, uh, listen in that space, he'll give us something in exchange for that fear. And so just doing those, those, those are things that people can totally do on their own. Once they've done it a few times, the deeper, the deeper stuff, when you go back to memories is, is really, I don't recommend them doing that on their own. It's like, don't try this at home until you've done it a few times with the coach, but it's not that it can't be done with practice absolutely on their own. 
Well, it sounds like too, when you are in that kind of meditative state or your eyes are closed, you might not have the conscious ability to ask yourself those questions. So you need an outside person to direct you. So that way you truly do let it go and you don't just go back and stay there. Yes, absolutely. And then the other thing that um, a freedom coach also that I do uh, that I really love is um, I teach some classes that you can like online classes and also classes in my basement. Um, to just ba- these basics of hearing the voice of God, understanding that we can, and then just some very basic things, and then walking people through that and walking people through that vis- visualization part of it. And so it's just opening up. My my job is just simply to bring hope that everyone can be free and that um, everyone can hear the voice of God and that God not only does speak to us, he wants to speak to us. I know that you guys listening can hear her passion. And when you've experienced it yourself, you know what I mean? You have that like shout it from the rooftops, like everybody needs to know this information. So if they are sitting there going, okay, I am so stinking curious. How do I learn more? Where can they find you? Um, There's a website. It's encounter-freedom.com. And then also I'm uh, on Facebook as Encounter Freedom. And that's where these websites and this website and the Facebook are actually under construction in the current moment, but they will be live very, very soon. Um, And well, they have been live, but they'll, they'll be back on, but those will be up. And so I, that's where I, where I go live a lot of times. And that's where also where I um, post when there's classes, upcoming classes. And that's also where the calendar is where people can, uh, schedule their sessions. They can also go on there and donate if they're interested in in giving to the ministry because I run on donations. Um, and so if they want to, if they feel like they really want to help with this in some way, but they don't know, or they want to experience some of this themselves, they can do that because um, we're nonprofit. And I have a couple of girls that work with me that are also available to help pray through things and walk people through. So it's just, there's a lot of information on those two places. Awesome. And those details will be in the show notes and in the description box as well. So two questions before we end. The first one is I know you've experienced tremendous growth, tremendous healing, tremendous connection and alignment. And when we are in that connection and we're in that alignment, like I feel like amazing things happen. That's our only job essentially is to stay connected to the spirit because then things just start to happen that we have no you know, they're like, I don't get it, but I accept it. Okay. Um, But it also sounds like you've been able to help other people experience this too. Do you have a story of a client that you think would be powerful for others to hear? Yes, I actually have several, but one that really stands out to me is um, there's a girl, I won't name her name, but there's a girl that went through freedom with me and she wanted to do the whole, the whole thing. She's like, I want to do generational on my mom's side, generational on my dad's side and my own conception to birth and all the way for up to now. Like I want to get all this stuff handled and just, just the freedom she had gone through. We had gone through um, with her dad's side. And then like a week and a half later, they had a family reunion on her dad's side. And there had been a lot of uh, like strife previously, some strife, just family stuff and just bickering and things. Not And she, she would always attach to that. Like she would always feel like, Oh, I really want to help these. Like she just, she just would, you know, it would, it would literally have the, have the ability to kind of make her have a bad day when she would hear her aunts and uncles bickering or when things were, or they were all talking about each other. And she said, strangely enough, a couple of things happened. She they didn't talk to her. Number one, they didn't talk to her about it anymore. And number two, when she did hear about it, she just didn't feel attached to it. And she just, she just thought, well, that's their problem. And she didn't make it her problem. And she, she was so excited when she called me because she said it was because 
there was nothing inside of me anymore that needed that or could even hear that because she was set free from it. And so, you know, it's literally the law of attraction too. what we're putting out there is what we're attracting. And so there was nothing inside of her that was putting out that fear or that bickering or that attaching to that, that not fun stuff. And she said she had the best reunion ever. And it was just so cool to see that that those type of things happen when we no longer have those things inside of us. Absolutely. You know, it's seeing the fruit of the healing on the, in, in the world. And when you can be around those triggers and not be triggered anymore, you're kind of like, that's true freedom. (laughs) Yes. And I think too, um, you know, the, the, we all know the saying hurt people, hurt people. I I say free people, free people. Cause when you're around someone who's living in their freedom, you are inspired to live in their freedom themselves. And when somebody uh, is just on fire and living in their destiny, that really inspires other people. And I'm very committed to helping people uncover their destiny that they had in there. That's just covered up with a bunch of stuff and it can't come through because this stuff is all so loud. Amazing. So with that being said, what would you say is your life purpose? Isaiah 61 one. I like it in the, uh, let me just pull it up really quick. I have it here. I like it in the, the ER easy to read version. It says the spirit of the Lord is on me. The Lord has chosen me to tell good news to the poor and to comfort those who are sad. He sent me to tell the captives and prisoners that they have been set free. And I love the verse. Um, the first Corinthians three seventeen says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is Liberty. And so I just know that true freedom, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And just, I'm just all about freedom and liberty and, and that it all happens in the spirit. So. Amazing. Is there anything else that you feel like we missed that you want to share? No, I just feel like there's a, there's a verse in the Bible when it talks about Esther being born for such a time as this. And I just feel like Denise, I just feel like you and I, like we talked about, like, uh, we were, we were created for such a time as this, and this is such a time for women to rise up, especially. I feel like there's a special call for women to rise up and start roaring and just really take the world by storm. And we literally can, I have this vision of all the women all linking arms and just walking all across the nation. You know, the Bible says one can put a thousand to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight because that's God's math. And I really just want to, I just really feel like it's just time for women. There's so much hidden treasure inside of women that has just been so mushed down by life and kids and stuff and all this, that it's just time to rise up and shine. I love that. Well, thank you, Mariette. I want to acknowledge you for number one, having the courage to claim victory, even in the midst of despair, for connecting with the Holy Spirit on a whole nother level than you ever did previous in your life. Because not only did it change and, and truly transform you on the inside out, but it is going to this message, the story, your experience, and now your freedom coaching is going to help so many people transform themselves from the inside out. And so I want to thank you for sharing your story and your wisdom today. I know that our listeners are blessed. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so excited. I've looked up to you and followed you and just have loved your journey so much. It's just such an honor to be here today. Amazing. Well, thank you guys again. And remember to dream big. 
Thank you so much for listening today. Head over to denisewalsh.com. Enter your email to subscribe to our list. And I'll be sending out an early bird special coupon. 50% off, in fact, of the Dream Life Workbook when it is launched in just a few months. So if you want to have first dibs, let's get your name on that list. Thanks again. I so appreciate you. And remember to dream big. 